What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go, go, go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. It's your host, George Atchampong. And Carter here. You already know. And of course, we got our guests. You know what I'm saying? Todd Capital. Todd Capital, Todd Billion, Todd Millionaire. All all of those. All of those. All of those names. (laughs) Don't ever play yourself. Um, And so it's always a pleasure, uh, you know, getting to... Uh, bring people on the show, and so far we're when we do guests, which we you know we, we've been 100% success rate. We get them in person, so um, it's great because the energy is always good. We're just happy to dive in. Um, he's a pillar in the culture of of helping Black people build wealth, and so we got to have him on the Melanin Money Show, man. Glad to have you on the show, bro. Happy to hear, be here, man. It's kind of cool to see you guys in the same place. Yeah. yeah. Guys, <laughs> at first, I thought you were the same person for a while. <laughs> no, dude, we go out, people are like, y'all brothers? I'm like, bro, yeah. like, I look better than this dude, man. I don't understand. Now, now he's lying on camera, right? <laughs> but but we're we going to roll with it. But, man, so it's perfect segue, man. So who is Charles Oglesby? Am I saying it right? Charles Oglesby. Oglesby. Yeah, Oglesby. so Charles Oglesby. Well, what's your story? My story is, I would just say, I grew up seeing a mom going out there and getting it. Um, I grew up on the college campus. I tell people that um, I grew up at San Diego State. So my mom, she was a working mom. My parents got married. They got divorced when I was really young. Moved out here to California. And uh, she was just getting it. She w- worked her day job, and she said that she wanted to do more with her life. She wanted to become an accountant. She wanted to become a CPA. Oh, really? And so she was just grinding. So we were in school during the day. She was in school at nighttime. She was in school on the weekend studying, and so we were always with her. So weekends, you're just on college campuses and it became ingrained in me. Like I knew I was going to college. Mm -hmm. It was nothing that you could tell me that I wasn't going to college. And so I ended up going to school for finance and um, working as a financial advisor. So I did that. I think I kind of got in a little bit too early and I was struggling. I was out there trying to figure out how to invest these super, I guess, wealthy people's money. Mm -hmm. And I kept hitting the wall. Like I, I had some success, but it just wasn't what I was hoping for because my clientele just wasn't there yet. Yeah. I got out of college and I mean you're young trying to invest like you know older people right. yeah. like let me right. this young guy young yeah. black guy yeah. invest your money for you yeah. right. and the crazy thing is like you have a natural market so they always talk about that like the people that are in your circle they make you write a list down of all the people that you know and start calling them mm-hmm. and uh, everybody who I knew was just out of college they didn't have the money <laughs> a lot of people went back to school because I graduated into a recession so I graduated at, yeah. in uh, 2009 same uh, the economy crashed in 2007, 2008, 2009 were just terrible years to be asking anybody to invest in stock from the stock market just got cut in half. So um, from there, I ended up working in private banking, and I went from working with just like general high net worth people to specific over a quarter million dollars in assets, high net worth people, which, I mean, now it doesn't seem like that much. I don't even seem like that much money, bro. I was like, I'm like, high, high net worth over a quarter million? Like, like back then, I was like, they rich, they rich. And so, I mean, I tell people that 250 is the base. So I'm dealing with people who have like 900000 They have like these crazy accounts coming in. So mm-hmm. it opened my eyes to a whole new level of wealth that my people didn't have access to. And I knew that I needed to match the two. I needed to bring my people to that level of lifestyle. And then I also knew that I couldn't do it working for that company. I had to build my own company. Yeah, that makes total sense, man. 
And I remember, obviously, I've known your brand before I knew you. And, um, you know, I just saw how you continue to, you know, grow your brand and all that good stuff. So where, like, where did the name or the names, like, what, where did, like, Todd Billion, like, where did, where did yeah, it come we from? We talked about this before. Uh, yeah. Offset, man, I, you have to tell the story. Just like, tell this to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to hear this. So we went to Vegas, which I, apparently you guys are going to Vegas. Yeah. And when you go to Vegas when you're young, you kind of want to, like, I don't know, you want to be like an alter ego a little bit. Yeah. And so everybody in the group's like, what's your name? What's your name? And I said, my name's going to be Hunter Todd. And somebody else was like, Stacy Joe. Somebody else had some crazy name. Yeah. And the name Hunter Todd just stuck with me. And I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I read about um, Ralph Lauren. He started with the necktie company. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me start a necktie company. And I said, I'm going to call this necktie company Hunter Todd Neckwear. Uh-huh. Put it up yeah, on I got a ring to it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty prestigious. And I put it up on uh, big cartels out there selling ties. I had a pretty cool system where I would like sell the tie, I'd market the tie, sell the tie, and then buy the tie and get it to the customer. So it was like you didn't have to have the inventory. Right, have the inventory. Yeah, right. Right. And so um, I realized, like, you know what? I don't want to be in uh, fashion. Like, I'm not a fashion type of dude. Like, my actual core is finance. Yeah. And so let me just go ahead and drop the the hunter off, and I'm gonna just build a company called Tie Capital, mm-hmm. and. From there, I just kind of held onto the name Todd. For the longest time, I was Hunter Todd Law on Twitter. Yeah. And I just kind of built that brand around being in law school, being uh, an aspiring attorney. And then once I got through there, then I said, like, what's the next goal? Like, net worth is the next goal. And so I, cha- I took off the law and I was like, all right, so millionaire. And I always believe in speaking things like that. That's- before you walk into them. Mm-hmm. And so one of those ways is to call yourself what you want to be as well. And so I was calling myself a lawyer before I was a lawyer. I called myself a millionaire before I became a millionaire. And I'm calling myself a billionaire and we just aiming at B's all day. So that's, that's, that's really the story there. You know, it's hilarious. I'm like, I'm like bro, um, I thought your name was Todd for the longest. Man, what's good? Like, you know, he's like, it's Charles. I'm like, what's Todd come from? He's like, bro, like, this is a cool name, bro. Right. Nobody, nobody, wants to, nobody wants to follow like Charles Millionaire. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bro, how you want it? That's, that's my name. I'm taking them running with it. So, yeah, that's um, funny. That's dope, though. That's dope. I was going to know that. I'm surprised I haven't, haven't actually yet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you have your like personal brand page and you have like the, the Tide, is it Tide Billions, Tide Capital, Tide Capital page, page, right? So, Tide Billions is your personal page. Tide Billions personal page and then Tide Capital Tide is like business the page. Brand yeah. page, right? So, so just let's talk a little bit about brand building, right? Yeah. Like how, how did you like, you know, build your, your platform up to, to get, get that level of reach? Let alone yeah. two, because like building right, one right. social media platform is hard work. Mm-hmm. Right. You built two, I'm guessing simultaneously. Yeah. Right. So this is asking for a friend. How do you build yeah. your page? And I, I would say the Twitter's done pretty well as well. My Twitter has about 37,000 followers. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty impressed with my Twitter. Yeah. Oh, like, that's pretty dope. Um, it's funny because I knew you were going to ask this question. I was like, how did I do it? I don't know. <laughs> But because when you're in it, you don't even realize it's happening. But I think the most important thing is to be a person of value. And so people saw me going back to college, going back to grad school, going back to law school. So I didn't really tell my academic background, but I have an undergrad degree in finance. I have a law degree and I'm halfway through my MBA at Pepperdine. So I just need to take a few more classes, get done with that. And I don't know. Right. And and I know a lot of people who just like have over indexed on education. Most people, they get their undergrad degree, they get their master's. But when you have that much value inside of you, it just comes out. And so all I'm doing is just adding value on the internet because I've add, added value to myself. And so outside of even just like academic education, like I just am an extensive reader. I remember I went through one year and I said, I'm gonna read hundred books. I read about 87. And I've just, I've been, I'm an introvert. So I don't really get around people like that. I'm not actually a sociable person. So my whole life, all I did was read. And that reading has come out of me because my mindset is just in a lot of ways more advanced. Right. And so I'll just, 
say things on the internet, people will share them, they'll retweet them, they'll like them, they'll post them to their page, and that grows my reach. Yeah. And so if I'm always kind of showing you something that you've never thought about in a certain way, you're gonna share it. I tell my mom that all the time. She said something about like, if you're doing tax planning anyway, you might as well get the tax write-off for the tax planning because everybody comes to her for a tax write-off. Mm -hmm. People heard that and they're like, that's dope, that's fire. And so it's like, you have to, you have to see the world a different way and you have to share it with the world all the time. And I tell people like, I actually enjoy social media. Yeah, that was, that was the question. I'm like, bro, how do you manage multiple pages? You got to tweet, you got to post on two pages. You said, yeah. you said, I enjoy it. I'm like, well, that probably is an easy answer to the and, question. And, and that's the crazy part about it. They say like, if, if you are doing something that you, you don't enjoy, you're going to get beat by the person who does enjoy it. Mm. So it's like, Far. I post 10 times because I legit enjoy posting 10 times. I'm yeah. not like, oh man, I got to create some content. No, like I already got the content inside of me. Yeah. Or I'm so absorbed in finding new content because just like I enjoy like reading, I'm also binging podcasts. Mm. I don't watch a lot of dumb TV. I watch mostly YouTube. I'm watching stuff about either watches or real estate or stocks, things like that that's going to grow my mind. And then as I'm growing my mind, I'm just dropping gems on the timeline. Right. right. You know what? And, now, and, and, and this is my observation from the outside looking in, right? It's like, I feel like you care more about putting out value than curating value, right? So it's like, I'm just going to put it out. I don't care how many likes I get. Right. I don't care what yeah. you think about it. Like, it came to me. It's there. Boom. I seen this. Boom. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm the conduit. Of value, right? And because of that, like it's just like, hey, maybe some's gonna stick, stick, some's don't not, but you don't care. You just you just you put it out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I feel like sometimes you can be you can like perfection your way out of doing nothing or into mm. doing nothing. That's a bar. And so for me, I'm just always like putting it out there, putting it out there because you never know. I've had like a fire tweet that I didn't crop out the thing, I didn't edit all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it just lit up, it went on fire. Yeah. And then I've had stuff that I've actually curated that like flopped. Yeah. So I'm like, bro, like just get the content out there and let yeah. the people do with it what they want to do with it. Like like I always say, it's like if you go to a restaurant, a hole in the wall restaurant, right? But it's still packed. They're there because the main thing they came from is still good. Right? The ambiance right. is cool. If it's, it's, it's dope as if, if it's a vibe, but you came for the food. You came for the nourishment. And it's the same thing with quality content, right? It's like you can do all the curation, but if it's valuable, it's valuable. And people in real are gonna recognize real and um, absorb that content. Yeah. And I think people need to hear that, right? Especially people who are just starting their content creation career. They're so in this perfectionism mode. And like you said, like sometimes good is better than great if you can get it out there fast. And and um, don't get hung up if your content doesn't perform well. Go to the next piece, right? Yeah. You know, um, because I think a lot of people get caught up in their own head about it has to be perfect, it has to be this video, it has to be edited. Just get it out there, people are gonna like it, and then keep it moving. All right. Speaking about content and just getting stuff out there, you create more courses than anybody I've ever, I've ever seen. My man got Turo courses, he got Start Your Own Business courses, he got this, you got it. So, so walk us through the, a couple of things, right? Like, why did you even decide to get into the course creation game, right? First part. And then two, how are you cranking out so many courses? The same philosophy? I'm just like, look, pack, package the value. I know this now, get it out, boom. Or How many courses do you have? Yeah, it's about fifteen, maybe. It's it's a few. I need to. I, I need think it's to, more than that. Man. Might be more than that. Yeah, more than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, just walk us through that. I actually got approached to teach on somebody else's uh, platform before I even started my own platform. I didn't really have the confidence to just put myself out there. Yeah. But what I did is I taught on the Hood Estates platform. I taught them how to. Um, I taught like the fundamentals of real estate. Uh, former your LLC, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I did that. People were reaching out to me. You get the customers and they're like, hey, they have further questions. They want to do consultations, things like that. And so it was just cool to partner with somebody who already had a platform. I'm just helping them. I didn't charge them nothing. 
Okay. I didn't charge real estate anything. And then Andre Hatchett came to me and he was like, hey, like, we've been doing this real estate as a group thing. You should teach a course for the black real estate course or mm-hmm. school. I was like, all right, I can do that. So I went on his page, taught, and then um, we wanted to do some more and we had some a disagreement about how I should be compensated. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna just, I want the equity. I've been seeing that I can get people who wanna listen to me. Let me just try this out. Um, I found that Gumroad is a platform that I could just kind of record my content and put it on there because there's other platforms that are a little bit more complicated, a little bit more like barriers to entry. And mm-hmm. Gumroad was just like, boom, get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so I recorded this long distance real estate investing course and it did well. And um, then I started pulling with other stuff that I'd already done for other people. So I was like, all right, well, let me add the LLC course to my community, to my pro- my uh, platform. Mm-hmm. Let me add uh, the course I'd already done for him, which was investing as a group. I added that to my platform. Because you're, you're intellectual property. Right, so. <laughs> right, right, right. So I started adding more different more things to my platform. And I was like, what else do I know? And I was like, all right, let me put this options course out there. I made a good amount of money with options. Let me see if I can just record that. And uh, I launched it as a pre-sale. I didn't even record the content. People bought it. And one of the dudes was like, bro, like, I paid for this. Like, are you going to release, release it or not? <laughs> and I was like, all right, I guess I got to go in here and record this content. So I went in there, recorded the content, and released it. And it sold. And I just kind of like went to sleep. And then uh, somebody popped up. And they're like, bro, like, I took your course. And like, I made this much money. Like, this is crazy. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then like somebody else kept saying the same thing. And they're like, man, I took your course. Next day, I made my money back in the same day. I was like, dang, that's crazy. And so then I just started getting bombarded with like all these testimonials. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I knew I had something. And so then I just like put my foot on the gas. Yeah, and I think there's a few lessons in that, right? One, you can sell something before you have it done. Right. I love pre-selling something because it does two things. One, it gets me on my own way. It allows me to get the, the, the product out there. But more importantly, when people buy it, now I have to go create it. Yeah, so, so if I wasn't creating, if I was, if I was going to drag the tail, now because people pay for it, because they're waiting on it, it's going to push me okay. to then go create the course. So yeah. I think doing a pre-sale, you can sell something before it's done, you can sell mm-hmm. something before it's finished, and it's going to give you the fire under you to actually complete it. Right. Because if you didn't pre-sell, you probably would have took longer to come out with right, it then. Right, right. And now you'd have missed out on opportunities. I wouldn't have had anybody in my DMs like, bro, I paid for this course. Yeah. <laughs> give me my stuff, bro. Like, and, and if you're a person of integrity, it's like, damn, I got to get it done because we ain't out here scamming nobody, right? And so it's like, no, that's dope. And then the other thing I want to ask is like, so there's different schools of thought, right? And I, I see you joke about it. You know, I think you did a sale one time. He's like, high ticket, high ticket Twitter is going to be on my ass or something like that. But so you have low, t- you, you're an advocate of low ticket, right? And so talk us through the thought process because obviously you're a numbers guy. You could do the math. Well, and there, you know, there's people like Terry, shout out to Terry, um, you know, have, you know, $2,500, $5,000 program. Um, and so, but you can win either way. So what, what made you decide to lean into like, I'm going the low ticket route. I don't care what nobody's saying. I saw what Chris Johnson was doing. Fair enough. Chris. Yeah, to Chris. Um, so I had my stuff. I had my course out there. I think the options course is priced at like 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. They got a package that I had called like the black group economics workshop or something. Mm-hmm. It was priced at like a grand and I was getting sales, but it was really slow. And I saw Chris doing the same thing. He would do a $50 Friday. And then after that, he will post a check for $40,000 that he made that week. Yeah. And I was like, 40 grand in a week? Like, this brother must be doing something that makes sense. And I was like, obviously the $50 Friday stuff is working. So I started doing $50 Fridays. Mm-hmm. And my $50 Friday turned into me getting like two grand on one day. And I was like, two grand on one day is a good day, man. That's a good day. That's, <laughs> that's a good day. Months, you know? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm a, and I knew that like, 
I will promote Monday through Thursday, run a sale on Friday. So if I got one or two sales per day, Monday through Thursday, I'd be happy because I knew Friday I was going to hit them hard. Right. But I noticed that when I just took everything and I just made it affordable, I got way more sales. And so for me, I tell people that we always talk about it being a numbers game, but we're not looking at the right numbers. We're looking mm-hmm. at the per individual number, not the big number. We're not looking at 40000 uh, a week, we're looking at, oh, I made 5000 for one person. I made 2000 for one person. And so people, they're aiming for like maybe 10 k a month. I didn't want 10 k a month. I wanted the 40 k a week that it was getting. So therefore, I had to just, I just followed. Like a lot of times what people do is they don't do it until they understand it. Mm-hmm. I did it and I figured out why he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out that people get paid on Friday. Mm-hmm. I figured yeah, out I that it. there's way more people that have 50 bucks than people that have $5,000. Mm-hmm. I figured out that... If I made the money at scale, if I made it a no-brainer deal, if I give you so much value, you're going to be throwing the money at me. I didn't want somebody to take my course. I tell them that they can make $2,000 and maybe it works or it doesn't work for them because you never know how deep somebody is going to execute on your content. A lot of times it's not even the content, it's the execution Mm -hmm. on top of the content. So they're not even executing on the content. They're like, oh man, I paid you two grand, I made nothing. I didn't want to be that. I wanted people being my own sales team. And so people started just promoting it for me. They started telling their friends and family, they're sharing it, they're getting screenshots. And so for me, it was just numbers. I saw somebody who was doing it affordable, doing a low ticket, thinking of the world differently. Because we can all think like, I got to sell my stuff for two grand. That's easy. It's easy to say that $2,000 is more than $50. But if you look at it and you really start looking at the psychology of it, like it's like an okie doke. It's like a fake out. People don't even realize you're making as much money as you are, but you're just running it up. Because we're all thinking like, man, if if there's all these people on the internet and I tell them this for $2,000, then I'm gonna make a bunch of money, but what if they don't wanna take the risk on you? What if they don't wanna, what if they don't have 2,000? There's way more people that fall into that category than fall into the category of I got 50 bucks, and if I can get $500 with the value, it's worth my 50 bucks. And I think the other thing too is like, at the $50 price point versus the 2K, 2,500, 5K price point, they have to know you, like you, like they they gotta like, they gotta trust you, right? But $50, I might not even, let me see this nigga talking about $50. It's $50, you know what I'm saying? Let me see. Yeah, it might be somebody who's even in the industry, like let me just see if you, I got somebody I can add to my course, right? So I think so. There is a psychology, and I don't. I don't. And I, the beautiful thing about it is you can win either way, right? Like Terry's obviously an anomaly, right? She's like me. I was joking with her at uh, the mastermind. Um, I was like, wait, your funnel, her funnel is a YouTube video with the link to the course below. That's it, right? But what it also says the undertone of this podcast is just be a person of value, right? Like people think you, and I'm not knocking because people do the funnels and they do it and it works well. But you don't have to do that either. You just got the gum roll, right? You don't got no fancy funnel and upsells and all that. Like, but it both works. But I think the underpinning of it is if you're a person of value, people are gonna show up. How many times have people still gone to that hole in the wall restaurant, right? With, with bad customer service and everything else because the food is fire, right? What I came for is fire. So I think that's super dope. And, and I think it's the selling psychology behind it too, right? If you sell a low ticket product, you don't have to do that much marketing. You don't have to sit me with an hour and a half webinar to get me to spend $50. You can get me to spend $50 with a post, right? I never have to see you. So I think what people need to understand, like when you're selling digital products, are you willing to put in the work that's gonna take to sell at that at that price point? If you're selling something for two grand, obviously not Terry, because she's an anomaly, but you're selling something for two grand, you're gonna have to put in the marketing work, the webinar, the time with that person to convince them to give you $2,000, because we know that the heart follows the pocketbook. But if you're selling something for low ticket, like you can just text us, send an email out, and people are you know, buying it. So I think that you know whatever your price point is gonna be, are you willing to do the marketing work 
it takes to sell a product of that magnitude. No, that's a, that's one hundred percent right. Man. I think at the end of the day, I think what it all boils down to, just picking a path, right? Like what path is right for you, and 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 not like getting ahead of yourself. Like it's intellectual property, right? You create it one time, right? Like people like. People, this whole like charge your worth thing. Like, I, if it's a service, I get it. Like, to get to forgive me on the phone, like you gonna have to drop some money. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm one you know what I'm saying? Right, but but <laughs> if it's if it's a digital product, right, you just gotta kind of get out of your own way sometimes. Like, it's, and 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 get off your high horse. Like, bro, you created it one time. Like, it's hand over fist money. For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining, I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club, because that is exactly what we've created, right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances, to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're gonna get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're gonna get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're gonna have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that melanin millionaire. You're gonna get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? You have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm gonna share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention if you sign up today, you're gonna to get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. One, yeah. one thing I will say though, is you also gotta realize where you are in the business development cycle. If you don't have no following, if you don't have mm -hmm. any previous customers, no testimonials, you might have to still discount your value and get that, get the following, get the testimonials, get all that, that, that value that's gonna then allow you to sell at your true level. And so for me, that's still what I'm trying to do. Like I made a good amount of money, but I didn't make as much money as I could make as I start to kind of build out all this stuff. So now I'm getting back in the lab. I'm like, how can I do this way better? How can I increase the production? How can I get that funnel? How can I get all these different things up? So then I can be doing Terry numbers. I can be doing the 100 M's, the 200 M's, that kind of stuff. Because EdTech is a thing. Like people who have these degrees, who have this education, who have this experience, mm -hmm. like there is true value to be had 
and teaching somebody how to make $1,000 for $100. If I can teach you how to make $10,000 for $1,000 or whatever, it's a no-brainer. And that's how we're going to get our true value because these jobs, they have it flipped. They're going to sell you for $1,000 an hour and pay you $100. Bucks. But you got to flip it and you got to start selling your knowledge. You got to start selling your true value at the market value. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so we talked about all the courses that you have jokingly and like all the different things that you've accomplished and all the things you've done. But you also got a lot of hustles. You got a lot that you do. You got, so you, you're up here because you had like drop off one of your Turo cards, right? So you got Turo, you got real estate, you're the options guy, um, you got a truck. And, you're, and what I've noticed, you're, you're very hands-on with a lot of this stuff too, right? So how do you manage like all of these hustles, the brands, the business? Like how do you manage all that? <laughs> I would say interestingly enough, I've realized that a lot of the stuff that I was doing before I got here, I shouldn't have been doing in the first place. So like the rental properties, I have a rental property manager now. The truck, I have a truck manager. The tour, I have a tour manager. The vending machine, I have a vending machine manager. And uh, anything else I have, I pretty much have a manager for. The only thing that I'm really hands on with is the thing that has the most leverage, which is the social media and the course creation. Like that has the largest leverage. Mm -hmm. um, I can do, send out a post and make a thousand dollars in 10 minutes like that kind of stuff is what i'm trying to do so it's interesting because when i was working a day job i was doing day job activities i thought that i had to be hands-on to make every single dollar out of that deal i had to be delivering to the vending machines i had to be dropping off the turtle and doing all those different things and once i started to see how real money is made at scale digitally i was like i lost a big motivation for a lot of that stuff like i started letting rental properties just linger i started letting vending machines linger the the truck which is out there the turtle does whatever because the digital money was that much more lucrative. And then I had to say like, I can't just let the business fall. But when my focus is now, my focus, it can't be on that stuff. Like I have a really hard time even looking at things like that, like a rental property. Like I would look at a rental property, like F them tenants, man. Like you're not about to call me for $200 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I was gonna ask you that, man. Cause like, and me and George joke about this all the time. The digital money is a gift and a curse. It's a gift cause it's great money. But then you start looking at everything else as like, why would I even bother right. doing this, right? But you want to, at the same time, I feel like you want to diversify your revenue stream. So like when you told me like you're dropping off a tour car, I'm like, bro, why are you? Like, you, know, like, like you, can, you don't even need to be doing any of this. So I struggle with that because I have a rental property. Um, I had a tour business, but I didn't want to do it anymore. But like, you know, when, that dig when you get that digital money, you can, like you said, you can make $1,000 in a post in 10 minutes, right. you know? But so how, I guess, how do you balance that and still want to, to diversify your income because Instagram got shut down, yeah. right? And you don't want all your, inc you know, so like how, how, how do you balance mentally diversifying everything when you know one thing could just be so much money? I think it still is an ROI thing. And so for me, the Turo was good ROI. Yeah. Like the, the, the money that I get back for, for what it does or what I paid for it is pretty lucrative. And then I'm also looking to replace other people's income too. So what's crazy is when I was working the job, I was trying to cash flow to get out of the job, but that wasn't really working. I don't know why it wasn't working. But now that I'm out of the job, I've been able to cash flow out of the job. And so now I have the truck rolling. I have these properties going. I got all these other things going that are taken care of. But like the turtle takes care of whatever. The truck takes care of whatever. And I've just been able to stack these, these income sources, which is kind of crazy. And so now I do it just because it, it does make sense. It makes sense to still bring in two grand a month. Like although I can make two grand in a day, it still makes sense to bring in two grand a month because when you, I tell people that the world is a lot of times priced at broke boy levels. And so like the world is priced at people making 50 grand. Yeah. And so if I can create something that makes 50 grand, then I'm good. Yeah. And so why not do that? Why not start to 
like replace my mom's mortgage, replace all these other pieces, people's expenses with these different things that were income. But also it is diversification because when Instagram went down, I was like, yeah, it's real. Like you got to have other stuff. Like it might not be the most lucrative, but you still got to have other stuff. But I'm also recalibrating. I'm re-looking at different things like the single family homes. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, if I already do a new acquisition, it has to be 12 units or more, hopefully more than that. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at scaling the Turo fleet. So I have to get to the point where I need more cars. I can't just have a few cars. Yeah. Scaling the trucks. So I needed to find things that work so I can double down on those things. Yeah. And I love the way you put it. Like if you look at if you look at something as replacing uh, an expense or somebody's right. income, it changes the motivation. Right. It's not just a rental property. Mm-hmm. It's replacing my mom's mortgage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Which is worth a lot more than that two grand. Yeah, it's a lot. Exactly. Fact. And, and that's the power of cash flow, right? Like the old like you know financial planning model is we got to you know accumulation. I got to have two million dollars in a portfolio, and I can safely withdraw four percent. But now we know. It's a lot easier to create an asset that can cash flow and cover the mortgage and cover those expenses in real time in real life. So that's super powerful, man. And so I guess for the people, just so they're aware and maybe even to remind yourself, can we just kind of go through a quick list? Like what are all the what are the streams? Let's 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 talk about it. So I would say the online courses, Mm -hmm. the online communities. So the options community, the mastermind. And, and going to the depths, this is like a, a monthly subscription. Yeah, it's a monthly yeah. subscription. So, you get multiple monthly subscriptions. Yeah, so the mastermind, I want to say, is about 100 bucks a month. There's about about 100 people in there right now. So I want to say that brings in what? Like almost 10? That's about 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The options community, I think it's only like 20 bucks a month. It was really large at one point. I got a lot of competition. So there was like 1,000 people in there. But uh, 1,000 times 20 bucks is like 20 grand. Mm-hmm. It's reoccurring. You don't have to do anything. Reoccurring. It's, it's reoccurring. reoccurring. So what I do is I put admins in place. And so with the mastermind, we kind of flexed on that one. So the mastermind is I have four days. I got Andre doing one day. I got Henry doing one day. I got Bruce doing one day, and I come in on Thursday. Or we have a guest speaker on Thursday. So that kind of runs itself. Mm-hmm. The options community, I have an admin there that keeps the conversation going to make sure we got people engaged. Mm-hmm. And then I pay them what I pay them. Then I got the semi-truck rolling. The semi-truck brings in about 1000 a week. I got the Turo car that brings in about... 500 bucks a week, approximately. My car is paid off. I paid it in cash, so that's why the ROI is pretty lucrative. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. pay stuff off. And yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Tesla's going out on Turo, but it's been kind of struggling right now, not getting booked for some reason. We got the vending machines. So we got vending machines in Glendale, uh, which is up that way. Mm-hmm. Then we have, um, I want to say, five rental properties in Michigan, Detroit. Um, five of them are occupied and actually in tenant, con- uh, tenant condition. We have a duplex out there that's in shell condition. Three families out there, out there that's in shell condition. I'm working on the flip, so I got a flip. Purchase price was seventy grand. Uh, rehab estimate was like hundred grand. Mm-hmm. ARV is around like two fifty ish, but I've seen some comps around three. Mm-hmm. So that's like my day job is my flip. And then um, what else? The courses, of course. I think that's it. I would say the most important thing with team building is autonomy because it's like I don't want to micromanage you. I want to hire competent people that understand the vision or as they say understand the assignment and they just execute on the assignment. And that's what I found because I don't I mean you're gonna get a lot of times what you're hiring people isn't just for the task, it's also for their mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to know how you can apply your creativity to what you see the actual vision of this organization is. It's not just an extension of Charles Todd, it's the goal, which is closing the wealth gap. That's the whole principle of Todd Capital is to close the wealth gap. So I think autonomy is important. Um, hiring people to get stuff done, 
I don't like people who I hired them and then two weeks later I'm asking them like, was this done? Like, no, two weeks later you need to be telling me it's done or even before then. I can't stand that, man. Um, and uh, what else, man? I think that a lot of times you need to hire somebody who doesn't want to be you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it. it's hard to it's hard to work with somebody who is like stealing bricks out of the castle, man. <laughs> you teach them because I, I tell people like I got to put you on a whole lot of game for you to work with it. Like for you to work for me, work with me, I literally have to tell you everything that I do. And sometimes that's a gift and a curse because I've had people who I've brought in who I've told them a bunch of stuff and now they got a duplicate organization. One of my favorite memes is the meme of the big ship and you got a bunch of people making their own ship off of the ship. Yeah. So you got to find people who understand the value of working and adding value to you and knowing that they're going to they're gonna make more money working with you than... They're trying to do this on their own. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. right. And so and I'd I, I, I be bonusing folks like crazy. My mom tells me I got to stop bonusing folks so crazy, so... Well, no, I mean, I believe in doing that because you incentivize them to just, you know, do work harder or work better or get stuff done without me having to ask. That's that's how you know you got a good person, when they just go ahead and do something without you having to ask them to do it. Yeah, so, you know, I'm not the best person to even ask team building questions because, like, my team were like this. So right right now, you know, I'm still, I'm I'm rebuilding the team that I had. Um, I learned that sometimes it's not good for me to have the conversation with people because I'm so passionate about the business mm-hmm. and the bottom line and what makes sense where some people just see it as a task and a job. Right. And so like that's why I have to have people that talk to people. So I have like whoever the manager is that I can have that hard conversation with, you go talk to the other people. I was just rereading Rich Dad Poor Dad and it's like it's not your responsibility to talk to the employees. Mm-hmm. You talk to the supervisors, you talk to the managers and then they go out and they talk to those people. So for me in terms of team building, it's just finding somebody who understands the vision gets things done and gets things done without having to ask me how to do everything because a lot of times that's what people do is they'll be like oh well how do you do this like go watch youtube like i would watch youtube <laughs> go get a book like i would get a book like you don't ask me how to do every single thing i know that a lot of people believe in sops and automations and all that but that's just not how my business is structured my business is structured with hiring doers and go-getters and a lot of times it's hard to even hire entrepreneurs in general i can't hire people who listen to tweet talk podcast and i can't hire people who follow me on twitter because they just know my mindset too much so like <laughs> i'm not trying to work a job i follow todd and todd hates jobs. Uh, <laughs> I ain't gonna give me a job bro now it makes a lot of sense and so because i'm in you know same phase of just team building like i, I sent him an email the other day because obviously we have businesses together he's like yeah what's this about it's like yeah. so i hired an outsource hr consultant right to your point like I want to make sure that I know the people that I'm working with. You know what I'm saying? Like personality assessments, like all that. Because you think that you just like get into bed with people, but it's like you know, you got to know who you're working with. You know what I'm saying? So that we can all be on one accord. We can all win together. And so what has been helpful for me is like I delegate outcomes and not tasks, right? Because when you delegate a task, it's almost like you're trying to you know, take a trip to Florida, right? And you have the, the old school map and it's like you got the turn by turn. What happens when the map flies out the window? You're stuck, right? Versus, hey, if you know you, if you know we're going to Florida, you stop at the gas station. You figure out how to get you to the next place, you know. And so, finding those A players who can connect those dots. But what I have found value in is when you do have those SOPs and systems in place, it allows you to plug and play people a lot easier. That's that's that is the benefit, right? It's like, okay, that person didn't work out. We got a system. Let's move the next person in. So it's it's a challenge. It's a task for all entrepreneurs to um to build teams. I was just curious on 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 your journey, your path. 
Yeah, I mean, because like, they say, like, you know, to get to your first 100,000 or get to your first million is you working hard. To get to that 10, 100 million is other people working hard for you. Yeah. So, so, you know, we have to kind of figure that out as entrepreneurs if we want to hit that billionaire. Yeah. Billionaire B. Billionaire B. So, you know, we ain't going to hold you here too long. I do have one last question I want to ask, man. Um, and I just love asking this question to people who inspire me. If you could uh, talk to your you know, self 10 years younger from now, right? You can talk to your old self. What are like two to three pieces of advice you would give, you know, 18 year old Todd? That's crazy, that's a tough question. I, I probably would tell myself to, to man, that's tough. Mm. I gotta think about this one. <laughs> I should have prepped you this right. one. That's, that's kind of deep. Or let's frame it like this. What's, given the context of what you know now, right? All, the, all that you've accomplished, right? What, what, what's one, you know, one to three things that like you wish you knew, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? That you wish you knew um, five, 10 years ago. You know what I'm right. saying? Well, I, I would just say that it's tough for me because I feel like a lot of what has allowed me to win is technology catching up to where my mind already was. Mm. Um, because a lot of things that I've been able to leverage are things that I wanted to exist that just didn't exist back in the day where you couldn't necessarily package up. Like my biggest asset is my brain. My biggest, my biggest asset is like the education and also the extra education that I've put inside of my brain through the podcast, through books, through all that stuff. And so I found that it's better for me to help other people than for me to be all things to people. And so what I wanted to do was like, hey, I'm Todd, I'm dope. I know everything about stocks. Come to me and then bring your money to me because I was using the old way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Where the old model is like, all right, I'm the financial advisor, bring me your cash, so let me go ahead and just like manage your money for you because I'm smart. I don't want you to know what I know because if you know what I know, you don't need me anymore. Scarcity mindset. Right, and so when I found out that I can actually flip it and I could just give away what I know instead of trying to have them come to me, one, the liability is a lot less. Mm -hmm. um, and then two, I can help so many more people because some people won't even admit to you that they need what you know. I've had people who like in person, they won't tell me that they bought my stuff, but they bought my stuff. And like in person, they, cause like, it, it's like a humbling thing. Yeah. People will buy your course and get your information before they'll ask you for a consult. Mm, cause asking nice. for a consult is gonna be like having to humble themselves and be like, well, you have something I need, yeah. help me. Yeah. Or <laughs> help me. Please, me. me. <laughs> and then like a lot of people, um, they're kind of do-it-yourselfers too. So a lot of people are, do, don't believe in the who, not how. They are here trying to figure out how. So let me give you the tools for the how. So I would say that's what I would do is I would lean in more on packaging what I knew earlier mm. instead of waiting until now and then releasing it because a lot of times we can feel like we're giving away all of us, but really we're not. We're, 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 we, you end up growing more, getting back in the lab, learning more because you never really know everything. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you kind of you have a larger reach. Because again, like I got folks who respect what I know, but they're not giving me their portfolio. Mm -hmm. And over here, like, let me just write you a little half million dollar check. Like you can get that from like whoever, your family. But there's people, I guarantee there's probably even people who have financial advisors that want what you know, but they can't because they're stuck over here. Mm -hmm. So they can still get your knowledge now. They don't have to choose either or. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do. And I, and I love that point you said, like, giving it away. And I, this is a quote that if you think you're giving away too much knowledge, that means you don't know enough. So if you give some away, go get some more. Go learn some more and then go give that away. You know, so um, I think that's a great point. Awesome, man. And last question, man. What does being a melanin millionaire mean to you? Honestly, I think it's all about family, man. 
if if you have money and your family's still struggling, then like, what'd you do it for? So mm. for me, it's not about the stuff. It's not about the cars. Like I didn't realize that until I got there. I was like, you know what? Actually, I want everybody else to get free. I want everybody else to not to be going somewhere and they tell you you can't live here because you don't have enough money. I don't. I want dignity for my family. I don't want people to just be pushed out, treated poorly. Like I want my last name to mean something. I want anybody associated with me to not have to feel the pressure of this world, the pressures of jobs treating you like crap, talking to you like crap, acting like you need them more than they need you. I want that. And I think that's what being a melanin millionaire is, is about. It's not about like the whips and stuff, although the whips are dope. All right, so yeah, I would, I would just say that it's, it's bigger than your pockets. Like we were talking about earlier, like you start, like once you get that freedom, man, once you get the freedom, then it's really just a, a process of duplicating what you've already done. I tell people that I used to work in a family office and I noticed this guy is 72 years old, showing up to the office, he's already been retired. His son is good. He's working for his grandkids now. Mm. He's putting them on. And mm. so it's like we always talk about generational wealth, but we think we're supposed to just work and just leave it to them instead of just like working for them in that moment. And so for me, it's about using the knowledge, the resources, the network, the connections that you have to benefit everybody around you. So that's what it's about. It's, I, I think about, of course, my son, my family, my mom, all those people need to be kept and taken care of if they're associated with me. Otherwise, what was it all for? That's a fact. That's a fact. Peace, man. Until next episode. Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.